Welcome to the second half. I'm your host, Melanie Kenneman, and I'm excited to spend the next hour with you interviewing some of my favorite people in the world. Uh, you know, a lot of people put a lot of weight in the first half of any game, and what they don't realize, it's actually in the second half. The things that you do, the actions you take, the mindset you have that sets you up to win or fail at anything that you do or at any game. This episode features Cynthia Lee. Wow, what an amazing person she is. Uh, she runs our whole Kid of You commercial division for Keller Williams International, and she is just a dynamic speaker, leader, and you're in for a treat. So welcome to this episode of The Second Half. I have an amazing guest. So I want to welcome to the show the amazingly talented, beautiful, smart, incredible powerhouse, Cynthia Lee. I'm like, who is she talking about? I got to meet this person. <laughs> Thanks, Melanie. You are fantastic. The feeling is mutual, my friend. You are awesome. Oh, man. I've been looking forward to this so much because I, I know a lot of people know who you are, but I love bringing amazing people to the show because I feel like mindset matters so much, right? And playing to win mindset is exactly how I see you. So I want to go a lot of directions with you today. Um, I think you've transformed and continue to transform K2B Commercial for the entire company. I love your story. And so I just want to talk lots of different things with you, if that's okay. Fantastic. And I agree about mindset, especially right now when we are in the shift and there's a lot of fear that is out there, you know, and scarcity. So, I mean, it's, I, I love it. It's one of my favorite topics. So this is going to be powerful. I'm so excited. Okay. So let me do, I, I got your bio. Thank you for sending that. And I, I'm just going to pick a couple things to introduce uh, you to our listeners today, but I also want then you to say what, what, what gap is here. And then, and then you'll go a little deeper, but Cynthia Lee is a CCIM TACS GRI and is one of the business Texas Business Journal's top 100 most influential people of 2022 for your role as national executive leader of KW commercial for Keller Williams International, which is amazing. Cynthia is making sweeping changes to the brand and uh, are, that are anticipated to, to disrupt the commercial real estate industry as a whole, which is amazing. Um, you're a co-star power broker. You've represented numerous national and regional brands like Crumble Cookies, Domino's Pizza, Keller Williams, of course, Smokey Moe's Barbecue. That makes me hungry. I think I'll have to check them out. And, and the list goes on and on. State, State Farm, and you're involved in so many things. This is what I didn't know about you, my dear, which I think is fascinating. Um, well, I did know your background was newscaster, which I love that about you. And that you totally see that in your articulation and how professional you are. But it says Cynthia's background includes 16 years as a television news anchor and reporter for KABB TV, and then 10 years as a residential realtor. Uh, Cynthia received uh, recently served three terms on the executive board for, for different corporate things in San Antonio. Um, that, but the other thing I wanted to point out is you've been recognized in Forbes, Fortune 500 Entrepreneur and, and, and Oprah Magazine, which is really cool. And this is the stuff I didn't know. She's also in her spare time, a professional pianist. I didn't know that. A professional MC, obviously, a certified kickboxing and boot camp instructor, Reiki master, like, hello, like, I didn't know that. And practitioner of transcend transcendental meditation. And uh, you grew up here in Texas. So I just welcome to the show, Cynthia. I'm so excited to, to have you here. 
I love it. And I love sharing any kind of stories. Although do, when I do hear my bio, it, it makes me exhausted because I think, how do I, how do I manage to do all of that? <laughs> but when you're, when you love it and you guys get this, when you when you're, when you love something and you're passionate about it, it doesn't feel like work, right? It's just, it's life. It's fun. Right. Well, I love I that live to the fullest extent. Exactly. So can you tell us a little bit? I've always wanted to ask you this question is what made because a newscaster life is way more or less romantic than it sounds on the outside because you know my background's film right it, it, it's exhausting long hours it's very so there's a lot of work ethic that's involved with that right and so what made you get into real estate I would love to know that story. Oh, this is actually a really great story. I love to tell this one. So it's serendipitous. And when you talk about mindset, I think that the overall message here, at least for me that I like to share with anyone that I can, is, is that you, you, if you know that deep down inside of you, you are meant to you know, fulfill your purpose, whatever that may be, or you have this vision, but you don't know how to get there, you can't ask how. You have to just do the best that you do every single day of whatever is in front of you, and then be aware of any doors or opportunities that could open. You have to pay attention to that because there are a lot of people, most people walk around, I call them zombies, um, you know, walk around this world, not really, they're just oblivious to everything around them. But if you pay attention to the little signs the little signals, you're always being urged or told or encouraged to move one direction or another. And I will tell you that that is how I, fun I function and that's how I make every decision. So if you ever wondered why I might drag my feet on something or whatever that may be, it's because I have not been moved to make that decision. I have to have that feeling, that urge to say, okay, now is the right time because everything happens in its right time. No matter how much you may want something to occur within 60 days, six months, a year, whatever that is, it, it's going to happen when it's meant to happen. And so in my case, uh, it's kind of crazy. So I was in, you know, television and I had a child late in life in my mid thirties. And I thought to myself, you know what? I kind of, you know, I work nights. I want to be at home. I feel like just something just was urging me inside that there was some other thing I was supposed to be doing. And originally the call or the voice that I heard was that I was meant to do something bigger that would influence a lot of people in a positive way. And so I gravitated towards building this children's website where we showcased positive stories of kids around the world, okay? And I start that, you know, right in 2008, 2007, and not understanding economics. I was a journalist, so I didn't have to really know how financial stuff worked, right? It was, I'm a writer um, by trade. So I didn't know that this big recession was about to occur. So boom, recession hits and I could not afford to keep the website up. However, during that time, we, we had a pretty positive and impact, impact you know, across the world. So I was still pleased about it. But nonetheless, I found myself saying, okay, well, I'm in television. I need to have some sort of backup income. And the gal that I had partnered with for the children's website, she used to be in television and she started her own production company and she was officing out of a real estate office in San Antonio because um, that's what she could afford. So she just met someone. They said, hey, you can just bum one of our offices and pay whatever it may be. Yeah. She also was licensed, but wasn't practicing real estate. So I started going over there and hanging out with her. And then she had this idea of, hey, why don't we shoot these little videos um, like, like HGTV style? So we were among the first to do it on our own outside of HGTV. And then that, that led to me going around to all the real estate offices in San Antonio, peddling our wares, right? Well, finally, one day I show up at a Keller Williams office in San Antonio and the OP and Craig Owen 
he sat me down and, and I, and you, you know, Craig and Melanie, right? Yeah. <laughs> and Craig looked at me and you, and, and only Craig's way, right? He said, how much money are you making on each of these videos? I was like, wow, well, that was a really direct question. Um, and so I told him what it was. And of course it was like peanuts, um, but to me, it was a lot of money as a journalist. You don't make much money. So it was a lot of money to me. And he looked me straight in the eye and he said, you're wasting your time. He said, you have what it takes to be in real estate. What are you doing, doing these videos? Do you know how much money you can make? You can sell anything. And so he, he like, it was a big slap on the face. I was like, wow, he like really came at me. And I walked out of there and that little voice said, you need to sign up for real estate school. I left his office and I went and I signed up online for real estate school and I got licensed within one month. I did the whole thing in a month's time. And during that time, I, I called all my friends. I said, I'm getting my real estate license. I'm going to do this part-time. Who wants to be my first client? So I started in residential. So that's how that came to be. And I was doing that part-time while I was still working in television. I eventually got recruited away from KW, even though I loved it, um, to do commercial real estate full-time for an institutional shop. And that was just, an, again, another one of those, I was, it was serendipitous. I was at a leadership event and this broker from Transwestern saw my business card and this game we were playing and he liked what I wrote on the back of it. And he, I remember him making a beeline to me. He came up to me and he put, same as Craig Owen, put his finger in my face and said, you would be great at commercial real estate. You should come work for us. And I will teach you how to do commercial real estate. And I was like, you know, I actually kind of have some interest in that. I always wondered, but there's never been a pathway, right? And yeah. here's my opportunity. So I, I said, yes, on the spot. So I had to go break my contract, my television contract. You got to think, this is pretty, you know. Oh, so you're still in TV to do at this time. You're still in TV at this time. Yes. Oh. So I had to quit my job in TV, right? And go to Keller Williams, even though I loved City View and say, Amy, I love it here, but this is my opportunity. I've got to go learn commercial real estate because I don't have the educational platform at KW. This is many years ago before we had anything in place. And Amy said, you are welcome to come back anytime. So that's what led me then away from um, KW over into, into commercial real estate. And then the story goes from there. So, I mean, I could tell you just go on and on about all of the little signs and signals that I got over the years and, and leaning into everything. It, it was extremely powerful. So I'll tell you one more piece to this, to this story is that, so I'm at KW, I come back, I'm a hybrid residential and commercial. And our commercial director at the time, his name was Jim McClung. He'd been with KW for decades. Okay. And amazing man, amazing man. And right before COVID, he came into my office. It was a very random, this is, I'm telling you this for mindset again, this is something to pay attention to. When something just seems odd, you need to question what this is. And this was out of character for him. He walked in, he just sat down in my office <clears throat> and he said, you know, KW Commercial could do so many things. Like we could take this in so many directions. And he said, but I'll tell you what they really need. They need leadership. They need somebody to take the ball and run with it and to do everything that needs to get done to help change this real estate in the commercial real estate industry. And he said, it just, just was so tangent. He went, I was looking at your resume. He said, your resume is really impressive. And I'm going, where is he going with this? Because I'm an agent. I don't know anything. I have no leadership position right now, whatever. It, it was just odd, right? And he got up and he walked out. That was it. Three months later, he died of a heart attack. Oh my gosh. And so it was, I, I realized it. And then that's when Wendy Harrelson came and asked me to be the commercial director for the market center. And I look back on it now and I do believe that 
somebody was speaking through him and that he was a messenger because he planted that seed in me of this KW commercial can do it. And he never came out and said, I, it's going to be you, but he planted those seeds. And so then when Wendy came to me, I said to Wendy, here are the gaps that I see as an agent in commercial, just at overall in the industry and in KW commercial, let's try some of these things out in the city view office. Let's test these things out and just see how it goes. And so the story goes from there. We grew the division rapidly within a year's time, adding in a pathway of education, mentorship, et cetera. And then that's when I got recommended um, for the national position. So it was just one of those that never in a million years, you know, 20 years ago, when I heard that little voice in me saying, you're meant to do something greater where you affect people on a global scale. Never did I think it would be in real estate. Okay. That's number one. And never in a million years did I think it would be at a national level for catering commercial. I had no idea. So, but I leaned, you see how over the years, I just leaned into it. Every time I noticed something odd pop up, I went, hmm, it takes courage though, to listen to that inner voice. It takes a lot of courage and you have to just trust that it's leading you in the right direction. And so far, I will tell you over all these years, it has never led me astray. Oh my gosh, girl, there's so much in that. <laughs> That's so Sorry. good. Long story. Could have made it longer. No. I was trying to shorten it as best no, as possible. No, gosh, no. There's nothing long about that. And I'm sure our listeners would agree with me. That's amazing. I did not want to stop and ask any questions there. That's incredible. I do want to back up a little bit on... Uh, I love that. First of all, there's a lot of lessons. So whether you're in commercial real estate or not, and you're listening, because I have a lot of listeners there, not even in real estate, but they're mostly real estate people. But listening to that sign and those voices in life, I think is so key. And it's 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 part of your purpose and intuition, right? And I think we get all disconnected from that. So I love that you brought that up. Um, so when you when you came to City View and that happened and the door started opening for the commercial leadership role, can you tell me a little bit about that journey and tell tell the listeners like you went and basically replicated what could be done on a national level, but you did it locally, right? And a lot of people, I think, will just want to go for that top thing instead of proving, you know, blooming where they're planted or whatever, or making the change where they're at first. And then you get kind of tapped on the shoulder for these other opportunities. Can you talk about the division and what happened when you came and took that over? Yes, yes. And this is another one of those that you have to just have the, the courage to make the change and also be willing to step out of your own. Um, opinions in your own way and and get kind of what what collaborate essentially with all of the people involved. And so so I said, well, I know what I think what's missing here. And then I went, I just talked to all of the agents and just said, hey, like what do you guys think? What what do you think if we if we um, put some policies and guidelines in place? Because what are your frustrations? And so I had to go through what are the pain points of all the agents. And a lot of it had to do honestly with something that to me was very simple to correct, to course correct. And that was the way residential and commercial flow together and how those referrals look. And so what I told Wendy, I said, can we take the policies and guidelines? We had a few in place already and let's like really make them crystal clear. Like we, we clarified exactly what a referral looks like. We addressed exactly what it looks like when a residential agent says, hey, I wanna try commercial and I dip my toe in, is that possible? Can I shadow you? So all those questions that we got um, over the years. And so we addressed it all in the policies and guidelines and I said, Okay, um, and then this is how we're going to, you know, put a stop to some of the residential agents who are not versed in commercial from them going out and attempting to do a commercial deal because it puts the market center at such a huge liability. I mean, one, yeah. if, if, a, if a market center does not have the proper E&O to cover a commercial um, lawsuit, it can 
take down an entire market center. That's how serious it is. It's not just, oh, let such and such do a commercial deal. No, they need to know what they're doing. So it wasn't that we had a problem with it per se, with a residential agent wanting to learn commercial. It was just, if you don't know it, you can't put the market center at a, you know, in a position of liability. So that was one. The second piece to it too is that I said, you know, I know what Keller Williams is all about. And this is a phenomenal company. The culture is amazing. It's why I came back um, from Transwestern. I came back to Keller Williams because I missed it. I love this environment. And I said, but everybody needs to know what we're doing here. The issue in the commercial real estate industry is they look at us as these resumercial agents, these resu you know, commercial brokers who don't quote, know what they're doing. That's not true. And I knew that. And when I get that, uh, that fight in me of, that's not true about us. It's a, it's kind of that integrity thing. Like yeah. You question my character, you question my integrity, I'm going to go after your, after you, right? So it's the same thing. They are, they're questioning what I consider my family. And I don't like that. And so I said, we've got to put a stop to this resumercial issue. And it's just with the policies. It's just being clear. So I told Wendy, can I present, and Wendy and Amy, can I present on our E&O call? This was still during COVID time, so it was all on Zoom. And I thought, man, we're going to get so much backlash because we have 950 or 1,000 agents, something like that. And, and it was the opposite effect. So you, you have, because the nervousness there as a team leader, if you have leadership listening, they're going, we're going to lose all these cappers. They're going to get mad. They're going to do, you know, whatever it may be. You cannot have that fear. You cannot have, there, there's always a solution to everything. Okay. And so we presented it on the call and said, okay, guys, this is what's going to occur now. We have to get this right. And I didn't get a single bit of backlash. Zero. Instead, yeah. we immediately went within about, I think it was about eight months time. We went from 17 agents to 43. Boom. And that commercial. wasn't just all from KW. KW. Yeah. Commercial agents you're talking commercial about. Commercial right? agents. We went from 17 commercial agents to 43. And that, and do you want to know what the feedback was from the residential agents? Finally, wow. there, we understand there's a pathway because you think about it. They are trained on the residential side. It's like everything is spelled out for them. Like do this, do this. You know, they have a 30, 69, take step one, step two, step three. We didn't have that in commercial. So as soon as we put those steps in place and they had a roadmap, they appreciated that. And they understood what the requirements were to get into commercial and to do it from from there on forward. So over the past year and a half, it's only been a year and a half. Well, now it's been, it'll be two years that I have, will have been in the director's position in San Antonio. Um, we have tested out so many different things just to see what works and what makes sense for a market center, especially economically, and what makes sense for the agent. So a lot of the ch changes and trends that you're seeing in KW Commercial nationally, it's what we tested out here in San Antonio. I, I love that. I love that so much. So now let me ask you this. So then this transition to, you know, being tapped on the shoulder, say, hey, Cynthia, because, you know, look at Brady Sandal, right? I mean, Brady, amazing, right? And I've had him on the show and I love him dearly. What he did with KW Luxury, now Caroline's with him and things like that. What he's done from the field, from an agent's perspective for luxury is very much what I'm seeing you do in the commercial space. And I feel like we've been so hungry for, a great commercial leader. And so, and you and Alicia and, you know, everybody else is invested in that. Talk a, a little bit about like, how are you able to manage your business and take on such a huge uh, task? Uh, because it was, it's a big job you took on and you're doing phenomenally. I feel the impact. And I know that our listeners would agree with that, that are part of commercial. 
Well, I'm glad you brought up Brady's name because I love Brady Sandal. And Brady is actually one of the first people that we talked to because he's a veteran. He had been in his leadership role a lot longer than anybody else. And, and he's so poised and eloquent. And I heard him speak at the state of the company. And I was like, this guy knows what he's talking about. He has, a, he has the experience from this leadership role. And so we called him and said, give us the real scoop. What does this really entail? Is this more of a full-time job? Where, where do you see the challenges and what do you recommend? And so he's the one who set the stage from the very beginning when we walked into these leadership roles and said, here's what you need to expect. And what he essentially said was, you, in my position, he said, you are, you become a recruiter. And he said, you have to just make sure you have enough leverage in your own personal business, because I still have my own real estate team in San Antonio. So he said, you have to make sure you have the right leverage in place. And he said, and then you just have to be as visible as possible, help out every team leader or OP or whoever it is that calls and says, I have a recruit, I need help. And he said, I spend most of my day traveling to these market centers or I'm on the phone with leadership. And he said, that is what you need to anticipate. And guess what? He's exactly right. Um, it is it is a full-time job. So I would think that I have like I have three full-time, I have two full-time jobs and a part-time job, right? And your mom, by the way, too. And my mom and all that. Yeah. But again, it goes back to the, if you're doing what you love and it is your purpose, it just, it works. It just works. And the right people show up at the right time. And it just, it works. And I love this job. I tell, I email Gary Keller every now and then I'm just like, I love Gala Williams and I love Katie McMarshall and Sajig and whoever. And I just tell them, and thank you so much for this opportunity. You know, no matter how long I stay in this role, I'd love to stay in it forever if possible. Right. But, but it's, I love it. And I see where it's going. And the fact that we are, and I, I like to say this, breaking the commercial real estate industry. We are disrupting it. And it's going to get really loud. That message is going to get really loud in 2023. We spent the first year of the relaunch getting all of the pieces in place. And we purposely did not go out there and tell a lot of people about it, except our agents in KW Commercial, because we wanted to have everything ready to roll. So when we do come out with that big ta-da, right? It's going to be very difficult for the competition to catch us. So that was a strategy all along. And, and so there's been a lot of things happening and are occurring behind the scenes that we have yet to even roll out. Um, so you've seen a lot roll out, but there's still there's still more to come. I, I tell everyone when I speak to groups that if you ever meet myself or Alicia in person, and, and Richard knows this, it's like you see that determination in our eyes. And I tell them, this is not a matter of if, it's a win. Do you see in these eyes? Yeah. We're not giving up. We're, yeah. we're, we are going to be unstoppable in Caterpillar Commercial and everybody's going to know about it. It may take a few years because it takes time to grow, you know, grow, but we're going yeah. to do it. So absolutely. Well, I always say, you know, when, anytime you come in and make an impact, right, you've got either wh whether you want to think of the an analogy of a, not a sinking ship, but, or, you know, or a, a moving train that's going the wrong direction. You first, you have to stop it. You have to realign it on the tracks and then you get into movement and momentum, right? And yes. so that's what I've watched you guys do. And, and you see, it's great to watch KDB luxury luxury because they're just a little bit ahead of, you know, yep. from a timeline and you see the impact that's made and the same thing is happening. So I, I have no doubt. I think that commercial is going to be such an opportunity for us. I mean, we have so many residential agents that really just want to do residential mostly. Right. And, but these partnerships they create with our commercial agents, um, it's unbelievable. Some of these referrals they get. Yes. Oh, it's. <laughs> that's one of our biggest selling points when we speak to commercial um, agents outside of KW is that guys, 
we are the only company where you are immediately plugged into 180,000 referral partners. And we teach our commercial agents how to tap into that. Here are the things that we recommend that you do to tap into that network. It, it is, I think, though, what I'm most proud of, though, in terms of the changes we've made with KW Commercial is that, and you guys know this, and anybody really who's heard about commercial real estate, for, for literally its longevity, for decades, it's been known as that good old boy network. And that there has been and always been a barrier to entry for somebody wanting to get into commercial. It was difficult even for me, even though, yes, I was approached and I was offered to come over to this institution. I, I got over there and realized nobody's going to take, no one's taking my phone call because they don't know who I am. I'm a female. I don't know anything about commercial real estate. And so that's why I immediately went out and got my CCIM because I said, well, that's the only thing that's going to get someone to return my phone call is if I have those letters behind my name. So I did it real quick and I got it. And then that's how I you know, I was off and running. You say so real was, quick, but CCIM yeah. is pretty, uh, <laughs> it's it, it's a time consuming, pretty intensive thing to do. So I love it that is. you just got it real quick. <laughs> I did it in eight months. And usually on average, I think it's six years, but I did it in eight months. Like, I was determined. I just said, I've got to, I'm not going to make this work, this commercial career work unless I get this taken care of. So that's why Alicia and I said, for KW Commercial, if we can just put a pathway in place, education and mentorship in place, we now, KW Commercial becomes diversive and inclusive. So we're very proud that we are not a good old boy network. That's not who we are. We, KW Commercial operates and functions on the same culture and the same vision as Keller Williams. And that is something that we're very proud of. And Gary even said it himself. He said, I don't want us to be like the other guys. You guys, you be you, right? Jason Abrams always says that. You be you, you be you. <laughs> so we yeah. are being me. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Okay. The question I ask all my guests is uh, what is playing to win look like for you, my dear? What is playing to win look like for you on any, anywhere you want to go with it? Okay. This can go in so many different directions, by the way, because uh, I was telling Alicia the other day, you guys are going to laugh at this. I think you've heard um, the sounds of a competitive spirit here already, but um, an example is, you know, so uh, KWRI released this new social media campaign. So if you look at Instagram, they have all these little um, videos that they've been producing, right? Well, there was one that popped up with B in it. And I'm not the best at social media. I'll just tell you that because I'm so busy. It's hard to always get to it. And someone someone sent it to me who saw it. And I'm like, oh, I didn't even know I was on there. So I go on there and I, I didn't really care what the video said. I was just looking at like, well, how many people liked it? Now let me go look at what Caroline and Luxury got. Oh, she got that many. And then Design got that many. And I was like, oh, well, we have to get, we got to beat them. I just kept thinking, oh, that's that, that competitive. Spirit. So when you say playing to win, there, there is that competitive spirit that Alicia and I have where it doesn't matter what we're talking about in commercial. We want to be number one. We want KW Commercial to be number one in any way, shape, or form. So what that looks like and what it has looked like over the past year, year and a half is collaborating again with our agents. Um, we came up with the slogan together, we will win because we we're, she's an agent, I'm an agent. And we know that this is not about us. We are just the facilitators, the engine that's making this run, but we rely on our people to tell us, you know, what do you want? What do you need? How can we make your lives easier and make your businesses more profitable? And then how can we build personal wealth for you? So I would say that, yes, even though we want to win in every way, shape or form, the vision moving forward for our agents is wealth building. And you're seeing a lot of that in different um, threads throughout Keller Williams. We, we are also doing it in KW Commercial. And that's the focus of our big summit um, conference in 2022 is wealth building. How do we go from being an agent that services the client to becoming the client? 
And a lot of that is through syndication. So it's opportunities where you're not having to have $100,000 plus to, you know, for that immediate investment. It, it doesn't, it doesn't always require that. So it's educating our agents in that regard. So I would say that's how we're going to play to win is that we become our own investors. And it's Gary's vision as well, because Gary said, look, if we can get all of our agents investing in commercial real estate, we now can own all this real estate, right? We can now right. lease it, we can manage it, we can do all these things. And that's how you truly become unstoppable. Yeah, I, I love that. You know, <clears throat> you've mentioned a few times determination, darling, determination, drive, competitive spirit. Where does that come from for you? That's a great question. I have three sisters. And so, and I'm the second, I'm a, I'm a dreaded middle child, right? <laughs> and it, it is interesting because I look at all of them and how we are competitive in different ways. And I, and I've always wondered, is it something that you were born with? And because they have it in, in different ways. And I, but we all grew up in the same environment. We all played sports. We all did this. We had, you know, some other different interests, but I feel like it's, um, you're definitely born with it. So there's a little bit of that edge there. But then the second piece to this, and this is this is more on a personal level, when I was growing up, out of my sisters, all of my sisters, and I know you're going to be like, what? This is, that's ridiculous. I was chunky. Like I had a lot of baby fat on me. I went through this awful, awkward phase. I'm sure you can find pictures of me on the internet somewhere because I've shown them at different <laughs> conferences or whatnot. But I was made fun of. I was teased and taunted. Oh. And so I grew up always feeling, you know, having those self-esteem issues and feeling like, you know, I'm not good enough, like, or pretty enough or skinny enough, like aesthetically, right. Compared to my sisters or, or other people. Um, so I always compare myself to them. And so I remember making kind of a pact with myself when I was a teenager. And I said, you know what? I said, I may not be the prettiest or the skinniest or whatever girl in school, but I'm going to be the smartest and I'm going to be the best at everything else. And I'm going to kick everybody's butt in everything. And I did, <laughs> I did, but that's still in me. Just so you know, I'm 48 years old. Until I reveal my age, I'm almost 50 years old. And I still, to this day, have that same, that same spirit of you can be the best at whatever you set your mind to. It's just that determination and that never give up fighting spirit. If you know it, you can make it happen, but you got to put the work in. You do. And I love that so much because that would... <clears throat> excuse me, that's what this, this show is all about. And these conversations are all about, right? And and that determination though, right? And not giving up and not being real quick to say, oh, that's too hard. I'm going to go a different path. I love that. Thank you for sharing that because I think we all have, you know, stories from our childhood or the way we were raised or the programming or our, our surroundings or what, whatever it is, right? That that live in us. I mean, that's always there. That inner child is always there. So what's ever driving you? And I think that's funny. I completely relate. I am second born also, and so the the to two sisters. So I, it's funny how you look at all the the daughter. Your sisters are all competitive in a certain way, or whatever. But there's just something about that drive and that determination. And I wish we could, you know, teach people that, right? So for people that don't have that same drive and determination that you have. What's your suggestion for them like right now in this very interesting world that we're in? Because I think right now that drive and that determination and just that playing to win mindset, no matter what's changing, I'm going to be evolving and, you know, I'm, I'm going to be the change. I'm going to, I'm going to go out and make it happen. I'm going to find that solution. That's you and me, sister, right? What yes. about the people that, that might think, oh my gosh, I don't know. Like any advice for people that, that may not have that innately? Yes. So it's definitely surround yourself 
by the Melanies and the Cynthias of the world. And you have to be able to get out of your own way to do that. And, and even though as determined as I am, I've been in many situations where I haven't known the answer and I needed direction. I wasn't sure about something, but I trusted to go to somebody else and ask for help. So I have no problem admitting that I don't know the answer to it, but I'll find out what it is or I will align myself with somebody who does. And it, it truly is as cliche as the sound birds of a feather. You surround yourself by the people that are going to uplift you and that you're going to work together and it can be collaborative, but you've got to remove the ego. You have to set the ego aside because the minute that that ego comes into play is the minute that you're not going to get anywhere. Ultimately, it will crash and burn. You, you, have, to ha you have to go in with pure intentions. I love that. Can you dig a little bit more on that? Because, you know, there's healthy ego and there's not healthy ego, right? So can you explain a little bit more what you mean? Because I think that's a really powerful statement. Yes. So I always go back to, I like to reference high school, you know, right? I was on the basketball team, love playing basketball. And I remember, and it was weird because I didn't even own this t-shirt. I just saw a girl wearing it. It was um, one of the varsity members on a t-shirt that had, it had the word team on the front. Okay. And then on the back of the t-shirt, it said, there is no I like letter I in the word team. And for whatever reason, all those years ago, that has always stuck with me. I can't tell you what I did yesterday. I can't even tell you, but I remember that darn t-shirt because I was like, that's right. This is, it's all about team. And so it's, it's, you're removing the ego of everything being about you, right? So it's, it's not for what, what helps Cynthia, like, oh, I get to be on stage or I get to do this. No, it's about what is best for everybody else. And so, yes, there has to be some ego to have that competitive edge. You do have to have that, but it's a different type of ego. It's, totally not, different. it's not a selfish ego that you got to remove the selfish aspect of it and not do what's best for you. It's what's the best interest of the whole. I love that. And I think that's such a key, actually, that's like secret sauce to success, in my opinion, is people that can have healthy confidence, right? Which is the healthy confidence ego, because you have to have that to be able to have the determination and 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 put yourself out there and take a take a gamble. And yet, though, when you when you make it about a bigger thing beyond yourself, a bigger purpose than just you winning, I, I love the statement of like a, a great leader you know, like, like terrible leaders, they get to the top and they turn around. There's a bunch of bodies laying there. That's right. right. That's and right. Amazing leader turns around and everybody's they're taking everybody right. with them. That's right. Yes. I, I completely agree with you. And this sounds morbid, Melanie, but one thing that I thought of, and I thought of this many years ago. And again, another thing that's always stuck with me is I asked myself, I said, if I died today, who would show up at my funeral? Because if you can answer that question, that and, and you know for sure this is who would show up that's going to tell you how you have lived your life and i said it's not that i'm looking for 500 people because it's an ego thing it's i want to know that i impacted enough people in a positive way and made a difference in the world that they would take the time to come more in my loss or, or celebrate me or whatever it is and so that's a question that everybody should ask themselves on a regular basis because you know obviously as we age, we get less tolerant of things like, you know, we can, we can become honorary and all, you know, things of that nature. So you, you have to check in. It's that little litmus test, a little check in with yourself um, occasionally. It's I love it works. I, you know what? It's, it, it's actually not morbid at all. It, it, it's actually quite an impactful, right? Because they talk about the dash and, you know, where you start your life, where you end your life. It's what you do in between that matters, right? And and that's what what I think people forget. They forget that 
this journey is not guaranteed. Your timeline's not guaranteed, right? And so when you leave the world a better place and thinking about like who would be there, have I made real connections? Have I made real impact? It's just a this is a great way to live your life. It's not morbid at all. I think that's actually a beautiful way to look at it. I would definitely come, but I hope that's not the case. <laughs> <laughs> and I and I believe you would come to mind. So so I I adore you. I think you're amazing. So Cynthia, let's talk a little bit more about what's the vision for you. Like, where do you see as our world is in a very, you know, interesting time, right? We, we, there's a lot of uncertainty on the residential side. Interest rates are really impacting. You know, it's it's impacting the inflation's impacting businesses, which impacts what you do. Where what's your vision on the commercial side? Of, 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 you know, what the next few years would be important for people that are in our world to, to focus on? Great question. So I take the same stance that Gary Keller takes. And that's, yes, while we, if you just look at the reality of the situation and you do see that we are in, in inflationary times, there's still so much opportunity. It's, it's, the, it's your mindset. Again, it's the way that you look at it. So uh, I'll give you a great example. During COVID, right? I, I specialize in retail. Retail, okay? What happened when COVID hit? Oh, all these stories came out about, oh, all these things are, you know, restaurants, stores, or they're all going to go out of business, all going to do all these things. And I said, well, not everybody can go out of business. There still has to be growth. It's just kind of like that saying that, you know, what's the certainty with death and taxes? So there's always going to be death and taxes, right? And so you have, we had to think outside the box and say, well, wait a second. Okay, people can't get out of their homes and people can't do certain things. What businesses would thrive in those environments? Drive-throughs, delivery, pizza, coffee. Oh my God, we, we represent so many coffee chains now. It's ridiculous. Pizza, you know, I'll take out whatever it may be. So it was just shifting the mindset of saying, well, there are still many people who are, are successful. Let's just figure out who those are. And the, and the reality as well is, is that, and you guys know this too, is that you can't, listen, even though I worked in the media, and I can say this, you can't listen to what they say because they're they're speaking from a very broad stroke. Okay, they don't don't specialize in anything that they talk about. Okay, I was right there, right there. I know I'd be. It was, I mean, literally, you're under deadline and you're just ripping and reading. You're going blah blah blah, and you're just reading what, you, but you don't know what you're talking about, right? So when they say, "Oh, the world's going to fall apart," well, that's not always the case. That's that's taking everybody you know into consideration, not what's in your market. And so I like how Gary says in, in the shift is that you have to become the expert in your market, okay? You become the, the economist of choice, as they say. And so it's opportunity. So for us, we've already shifted into that mindset in Katie Commercial. In fact, we just had a class this week um, for all of our Texas agents about um, you know, how to take advantage of what's happening right now and also how to think about what the comp you know, what's the competition not talking about or considering? What are we gonna do that's different from them? And so... I see opportunity. I see growth. Commercial real estate, just like residential, thrive during those down times. Um, you know, we learned a lot from 2008, the Great Recession. At that sure end. So it's, we're seeing just a lot of different, it, it's not as bad as it was back in 2008. So I think we all, we all learned a little bit and we're all, you know, weathering that storm. So I think, though, that if you hear of agents um, you know, struggling or whatnot, it's probably because they're not leaning into the, into their businesses and doing the necessary steps. I will tell you this, I'm back in my business. Like, even though I have my leadership structure, I'm back working my own business right now because I want to make sure that it stays stable throughout 2023. I was talking to Ricky Kane the other day, you know, top mega team in Austin. Yeah, great guy. And 
yeah, I saw him at the symposium. I said, hey, how are you doing, Ricky? He's like, well, he said, I'm back in my business. He goes, I'm on that leaderboard and I'm up there with all the other ISAs. He said, I'm out there door knocking. I'm doing everything. He said, because that's what it takes. And I said, that is exactly why you are who you are. And that's why you're successful because you're not afraid to go back to basics. So that is so true. That is so true because, you know, and, and a big thing for him was working himself out of production, right? So for him to mm-hmm. do that, if you don't know Ricky, he's a great guy, but for years, that was his goal, right? But for him to just go back in and do whatever it takes, I think I totally agree with you. And you, you, that's why also, how is your, how, tell us about your team a little bit. So it's evolving. Um, so I, for all these years, I've had a, a team of licensed, basically, staff who help transact. I'm the Rainmaker. They help transact all of my business. I specialize in franchising. So I put tenants and shopping centers all over the country and then and on the master broker for about 15 national brands. So that has been, it's been fun, right? And, and we've evolved and grown and whatnot. Well, then when expansion came along and we started seeing all of this about residential expansion, and then when Alicia and I came into our leadership roles, we started talking about, well, what does expansion look like for commercial? Never again did we think that the two of us would end up doing it together. So Alicia Shepard and I have now merged our businesses and we are um, doing KWIN. So I'm still in City View, but our team is moving into KWIN and we are forming one of the biggest commercial expansion teams um, to start. So there are some commercial exp- expansion teams out there, but we are uh, hopefully we're blazing the trail and we're getting it set up so everybody else can do it too. So we're wanting to create the model that works for commercial and then teach everybody else how to do it. So I told her yesterday, I texted her and I just said, I just want to tell you, thank you. I've grown so much just by knowing you and listening to how you talk and just all of that. I mean, it's, it, she's changed my world. I mean, we, we are the, we say we're the yin and the yang, and we just synchronistically work very well together. So we're excited about that moving forward. But the other thing I do want to mention, that. Melanie, is, is power that- Power team, power team. Yes. Sorry, I just adore you both. I, I, I totally see that, that synergy. That's wonderful. We, I love that. We love it. But we also, the other thing that we did too, is we said, okay, how can, what else is missing in the commercial real estate industry? And it is the fact that we don't have a service like place, like living in, right? In commercial. And so we went and we created it and we're rolling it out um, on November- Right. Yeah. In November. That's so amazing. Get ready. Yep. Okay. So I love that. Which is expansion, right? So which is yep. a, a solution to work with top yep. commercial, but in the commercial space, right? That's exactly right. So it is, it, we will offer, we have a platform that we've created that offers every single service a commercial agent could need from administration, customized marketing, you name it, you think it, it's in that platform. And so as a rainmaker, if you are tired of having to figure out hiring, because we all know that that's one of the most difficult things, even, even I did career visioning and I looked at my, one of my staff members and I went, we are terrible at hiring. <laughs> We're awful at it. CV is amazing. It's intense. I don't have time for it. Right. So I said, I'd rather plug into something and have somebody do it for me. Yeah. And so the platform goes through all of that for you where you're, we don't have to worry about any of it. You just plug in and all you do is you just be the rainmaker and then you have all of your staff essentially behind you. And then you give up a percentage of your deals to help pay for that. So as we wrap up this, this uh, episode, let's, let's finish up with some, like a last parting thought on either playing to win or the second half, or you personally, what are some last thoughts you'd like to leave with the listeners today, wherever you want to go with it? I would say that I'm going to circle back to what I kind of talked about in the beginning. And that is, to not be afraid to make change. 
Do not be afraid to be that wave in the pool, no matter what people might say. Because you have to understand that even throughout this process, as, as raw, raw, re as all of this has sounded, you know, with what Alicia and I have been working on over the past year and for Katie Commercial, you know, we still got pushback. We still, you know, got criticism and, and whatnot. And we listened to all of it. You have to be open to that. So you can't just say, oh, well, we're right and we're going to go do this. And it doesn't matter what, any, what anybody else says. We are always asking for feedback and tell us well, how can we make this better? So it's being open to that, but it's also though staying clear in the vision, right? And so there were times and there have been times that we've said, we hear you, right? And here's the direction though that we're moving in. And this is what is in alignment with that. We understand where you're coming from. Here is our solution for that. It may look a little bit different than what you want or expect, but it still solves the problem. So I think it's it's being the problem solver, not being afraid to be that problem solver and, and knowing that you don't, that not every decision is going to be the most popular decision, but it's the right decision. So you have to be able to distinguish between that. You have to make sure it's the right decision and then you just go for it. And I remember um, when I was interviewing for the leadership position, um, Carl Liebert's actually the one who's told me this. He said, Cynthia, he said, I'm going to tell you right now, you have a tough road ahead of you. He goes, it's, it's, you got a lot that you guys have to work on and, and fix. And he said, and it's going to be messy, but my best advice is just jump in. Do not wait until you have all of these things. And then you're going to do this. And you're going to do that. he said, just start. He said, you have to start somewhere and know that it's going to screw up and you can go back and you can fix it. He said, just start. So that, I thought that was ex, ex, the best advice ever. And so it goes again, back to the courage and just getting started. You got to start somewhere and it's okay if you make a mistake. People are human. We all make mistakes, you know, it's okay. So that's so good. That is, that's so, such a great way to end this session. Uh, Cynthia, thank you so much for your time and, and for all that you do, because honestly, I love so many nuggets in this session, but, but listen, you know, listening to to the signs in life was a big thing takeaway for me listening to the signs and and then and then leaning into the right opportunity um the determination that you bring every day and the fact that you you go right in front of you and you go all in you go all in right right now to to win for everybody though the greater good right making an impact and then what has happened because what's going to happen however long you stay in the role that you're in right i mean you will always have this this is a legacy you're creating yep Legacy. I love that word. And that's what I said too. And, and, and actually this kind of brings things full circle from at the beginning of our dis discussion when I talked about, even as a child, having that, that voice in me saying, you're meant to do these things, you're meant to do these things. And then throughout my life, trying to figure out, well, what is that? What exactly am I going to do? Because I know that I'm doing supposed to do something, right? And then I'd start a new project and I'd hear that voice still haunting me in the back of my head saying, nope, that's not it. This is not it. It's something else, right? I will tell you that when I got elevated to the executive leadership position and we started doing, you started down that path, um, I have not heard that little voice. So I know, and I have goosebumps even when I'm Ooh, telling you this right now, I, have that wow. I know that this is it. Yeah, I know that this is what my purpose is. It is to make positive change in an industry that was needing it and hurting for it. And it's opening the door for opportunity for so many other people who've never had that, that chance before. And Keller Williams is the company to do that. Imagine if you could live your life in purpose and doing something that you love so much that you know that everything you did in your life led you to this moment right now. 
and then you get to leave a legacy behind. So what an inspirational story and so many great uh, nuggets here with Cynthia Lee. Thank you so much, Cynthia, for being our guest. And thank you for being our listener. And we will see you on the next episode of The Second Half.